Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I am what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. We're coming at you today, Sunday morning, 11, 10 a.m. It is Father's Day, for those who don't know, but for the Two Tools Podcast family, it is another day. It is the birthday of co-host Travis Miller. That's right. right. Happy birthday, bud. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's, uh, my Griffey year. It's my Mays year. It's my Manny Ramirez year. Kobe. But I guess for most people, it's my Kobe year, so 24 it is. Yeah, so tra- uh, Travis co-host is now twenty four. He, you know, uh, so yeah. In-, in case you didn't figure it out, it is June twentieth in the morning, and we are ready to come at you with some hot topics for uh, for what's happened this last week in baseball. So that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah, a few things we want to touch on. I guess we can kind of uh, intro here. Uh, one thing we definitely want to discuss is sort of the fallout that happened in regards to the sticky substance situation. We obviously have been covering that, you know on most of the last few weeks of the podcast. But, you know, in the last week, Travis, since the last episode was recorded, uh, Tyler Glass now was injured, and he was putting a lot of blame on the way the MLB is handling this whole sticky substance, uh, I guess, regulation. So Glass now was a, a big, uh, I guess, a big uh, opponent of the way they've been handling things. And mm-hmm. lots of pitchers agree with him, right? Like A lot of pitchers are very upset with, yeah. with, the, with the MLB commissioner's office, more or less. So And then so we'll talk about that a bit. We'll also spend some time talking about some of the uh, SB Award nominations, Travis. We yeah. we had some interesting things to say, and there was some uh, good conversation online about who was nominated for Baseball Player of the Year. So we'll di- we'll dive into that more deeply later on, and then um, uh, a few other things. We'll we'll go over the minor league uh, contracts that uh, people are shedding light on. A lot of you know underpaid players who are you know paid pennies on the dollar, uh, you know to you know grind away in the minors and. Uh, and something else we want to touch on, Travis, uh, on this week's episode is, so far we know one name of one of the players that's going to be in the Home Run Derby. It's the first like official announcement of a player we know that's going to be in All-Star Weekend, and we couldn't be more happy to talk about how Shohei Otani is going to play a role in that All-Star Weekend. It's going to be you know, a lot to talk about with you know who might make the team, who might be a starter, who might be a bench player. How about for pitchers? But the Home Run Derby, we already know one name, and Otani, it's going to be the exciting. most exciting name out It's going to be exciting. So I guess we'll jump right in uh, first, Travis. Uh, I guess we can start out with the ESPYs. That's not a good idea to talk about. We can talk about the uh, the four players nominated as the uh, Baseball Players of the Year. And so yeah. I, I guess uh, you, can, you can start out by kind of saying, like, they didn't really give us a specific year. I know that was kind of upsetting to you, and it created confusion. Very, for, very upsetting. It for created me, confusion yeah. for sure. So, so, so get in, get into that for us. Yeah. So, uh, well, first off, people don't know the SPs, of course, are the kind of the equivalent of like the Academy of the Awards, uh, the Oscars, anything like that. Where for ESPN, you know, yeah, it's ESPN Sports Awards. So, of course, they'll go over you know male. Uh, 
male athlete of the year, female athlete of the year, all that kind of stuff, best moments of the year. But uh, basically, they uh, came out with a list about a couple days ago um, just saying, you know, who is MLB's player of the year nominees. So the four players that actually got put on the um, on the totem pole are Jose Abreu of the Chicago White Sox, uh, Trevor Bauer of the Dodgers, Corey Seager of the Dodgers, and then Shohei Otani of the Angels. So um, it was kind of a really interesting, uh, you know, idea and, and kind of the, the thought that's been put into it because a lot of people are thinking, you know, okay, player of the year, are we going to be talking about the 2020 season, that 60 shortened game season? Are we talking about the 2021 season? Are we talking about a huge like combination of like right. the 60 games in 2020 and also like the, the 75 that we played already right now? And that's kind of like the one big season, I and guess then, we could and then, say. And then not to mention like the playoffs is almost like a really big deal because the playoffs are like the, the length of half the season last yeah, year. Yeah, and expanded so playoffs it, too. Yeah, so you got like a lot to kind of factor in of like ranking, okay, you know, who was the guy this last like calendar, you know, is it cal- right. calendar? So essentially the way I view it, Travis, is... I, at least in my mind, I'm not sure if they clarify it differently, but the way my mind sees it is I'm looking at, okay, since this time last year to this time this year. So this was announced and, you know, obviously we're in June here. So I'm thinking last June to this June, in my mind, I'm pretty much counting all of 2020 as well as the postseason of 2020, as yep, well as yep. the first part of this 2021 season. And so the names, Travis, the four names you mentioned, um, some of them in our mind seem like good additions right like people who deserve and some are a little more uh, questionable i guess and i yeah, guess wh- yeah. wh- where, where we can start is i'll say jose abreu um you know american league mvp so based on that a title there alone you would think that it would make sense to include him but it's just kind of weird that they would have him and not freeman because yeah freeman is you know more established, first of all, mm-hmm. more of a year-to-year all-star, year-to-year like all MLB candidate. Abreu obviously had a very good season. I think he led the American League in like runs and RBIs and a, 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 a good handful of stats. And the White Sox were a good team, but I think the Braves were not only a better team that Freeman was on, but they also went farther into the postseason, mm-hmm. got more exposure mm-hmm. that way. Freeman, I think, had the higher OPS, um, which you know that's just one stat, but. Um, I, I really like what Freeman did um, last season compared to Abreu if I had to pick one. But that's just a small thing. Um, I think a bigger thing is that they include um, either of those AL MVP guys because, our, yeah. you know, I mean, having Abreu, you know, it, it's just kind of interesting that, you know, someone like Mike Trout, obviously he gets all the recognition in the world, but it's just kind of interesting that he gets, you know, I believe it was fifth in uh, MVP voting last year, yep. so Abreu got yep. first. But then if you had to pick an MVP for the first part of the season this year, Trout would be top five in the AL again, and Abreu yes. would not be in that list. So Yes, and, and, um, and I'll, and I'll yeah. throw out too because, I mean, you're right. I think Freeman, of course, has way higher leverage over Abreu. I think Freeman's actually been having a lot better season than Abreu this season and last season. I would say Freeman had a better MVP season than uh, Jose Abreu last year. So that was always kind of an interesting one too, and I was thinking as well, you know, why not throw in, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for kind of not really saying a year, you know, the way that Vlad's been playing the first 75 games. I mean, he is the best hitter on the planet right now right. with what he's doing. So it's, it, it, that, that to me tells me that they are factoring in last year a good amount because yeah. they're yeah. putting a guy like Abreu instead of a guy like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And and also what's interesting as well is the factoring from last year, you know, looking at Otani last season, you know, he was not 
good at all. I mean, his average was 190 last season. Yeah. He had an ERA, I believe, over 30. Only had two starts, got a little bit injured, so he had to be put on the, the IL for six weeks. So, of course, didn't pitch at really at all last season. Right. But it's just a, it's a really interesting pick because people, people in the comments are always saying, you know, what year are we talking about? Can we, can we get a clarification? Because Otani in 20 was awful. In 21, he is a freak. He's a, he's a super, yeah. super stud, just a show. Yeah. And then you look at Abreu. Abreu, amazing in 20. 2021, n- not not terrible, but, you know, okay. Kind of took his foot off the gas. But, you know, we all knew that these kind of players in the six-game season probably won't last in a 162-game season. Jose Abreu, I just believe, is not designed to be putting up an MVP kind of season in 162 games. Right. He's a great player. Especially not after the following his best year yet. It's exactly, like- exactly. And then you kind of move kind of to the other players, the Do- actually the Dodgers that we have right now. Bauer, you know, uh, putting up, you know, Cy Young season in 20. And then also this season, putting up a very nice season as well. Yeah, all-star uh, season for sure. One yeah. guy I will point out too that was kind of like, well, you know, there are other pitchers that are out there that are having, you know, if not better seasons. And of course, DeGrom is a name you got to throw out there. DeGrom yeah. is a guy that has, has just, I mean, he's on another level right now. So that's why it kind of it makes me think, okay, well, DeGrom's having a freak show of a season this year. And last season, he was spectacular. He was, I think he was top three in Cy Young. And it just right. kinda, it kind of doesn't make too much sense in that kind of light and also a guy I like to point out is Shane Bieber Bieber in my opinion best pitcher last season was better than Bauer this season he has a higher war than Bauer he has a 2.4 war while Bauer has a 2.3 oh, war. oh that's interesting okay. so it's kind of like you know it's kind of just interesting the way they pick these out and you know selected things and then the last guy of course I'll let you talk about you know Seager being the last pick which you right know, it, it's very interesting but yeah, yeah. and so it because baseball Charles you know if, if you were going to make if you were gonna make a list of like the top four like NBA players after like for a year, yeah, the finals MVP would be in that group no matter what, right? Of course. Like if LeBron wins the finals MVP, his name is gonna be in the top four yeah. for the nominations. If Durant wins it, you know, it's how yeah. it goes. Yeah. In baseball, sometimes role players win the World Series MVP. Almost every single time. All yeah. the time. Seager actually is someone who's already an all-star that became the guy who, like, really uh, stepped up in the postseason. Yep, yep. And was, like, you know, he was batting in the two spot, was, you know, playing shortstop. So he was by far the, the viable player for that Dodgers run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it makes sense to include him if you're going to pick, like, okay, who was the World Series guy. But it's just kind of interesting, like, in baseball, it's very atypical to give so much leverage to the World Series MVP. Uh, but Seager, you know... In 2020, and he was hot in 2020. He was like an all-star shortstop. He was good. It was, he was really good. A lot of competition in the NL for shortstop. You mm-hmm. know, the story had a good year. Tatis was like top three in MVP, maybe top four or five. Um, you know, tons of just tons of good performers. And so, uh, you know, was would he have been the starter for the all-star team? Maybe not. But you know, he was a super great 2020, and then the postseason speaks for itself. He's a World Series MVP. So including him is interesting. Uh, but Travis, well, I think one name you actually brought up when we were discussing this. Uh, online was Rosarena. It's like if you're gonna give a lot of yeah. if you're gonna give a lot of credence to like how good your postseason was, then why not go for the guy who had who broke the greatest, all the records, <laughs> the greatest post postseason that anyone's ever had in, in baseball history. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess the it, it, I guess that can kind of bring in the conversation of the West Coast bias that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people were talking about on Twitter, and like some people were saying, oh, like this is a very clear West Coast bias. You have two Dodgers. You know, Bauer was not a Dodger last year, but he's a Dodger now. Yeah. So you have Bauer and Seager as two Dodgers. You have an angel in a, in a Shoei Otani, of yep. course. And, and the ESPYs are held in L.A. <laughs> right. I think ESPN is based in L.A., yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, 
That or Connecticut. I, I know I know there's an East Coast, there's okay. an East Coast studio, but no, yeah. yeah, SPs are held in downtown LA, so that's why people are kind of thinking West Coast bias. Yeah, and, and then like Abreu, obviously being in the central, but um, I guess my initial take was that I don't super buy into this West Coast bias narrative because they could have easily included Trout or Tatis or mm-hmm. Betts you're and right. just like swept the West Coast. You're right. right. You're right. Yeah. Like I, Travis, because it, it's just interesting that like if if the if the top four came out. As the you know the four impact players or whatever, and if it said Trout, Betts, Tatis, and Otani, that would be four teams in sorry four players in Southern California, mm-hmm. and those are possibly like the four like best or most uh, valuable players of course. in baseball right now. So it's like they could have even gone more West Coast bias in my mind, yeah, but they didn't. Right. They they, right. they went they went Abreu instead, and they didn't keep Trout. They didn't mm-hmm. keep Betts or Tatis. So. Um, and Tatis, I'm surprised they didn't have Tatis, honestly, because he's been electric these last, not only last year, but this year, and he's making all the storylines, yeah. so it's interesting they didn't include you, him. You talk about the most complete player, and last season, I think in 20, everyone was saying, you know, the the Slam Diego Padres, the Padres were the, were the show of 2020, mm-hmm. and, their, and their main their main cast star, Fernando Tatis Jr., and so, you know, it's not seeing his name on there, and then, of course, the season he's having now it really was a surprise. I mean, I, I mean, I, if someone said you have four names for MLB SP Player of the Year, I'm putting, I'm putting my life savings that Tatis Jr.'s name is going to be on that because it's yeah. like it just you know it's he's part of the hype. He's part. Of, he's on the show of MLB 20, yeah. 21, the show, uh, right. the video game, and so it's like okay, he's definitely the hype. He has he's, the hype and he has the stats, and people are saying and he's he, the team. Is, is he the face of baseball right now? They're giving him that title, which of course. You know, it's still going to be Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout is still going to be that yeah. guy because it's you know, no one can. You might have a good season, but Mike Trout's had nine good, good, nine better seasons than what you've done. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really surprised with Tatis, and I'm really surprised with Acuna because I would have thought those two guys would, of course, been kind of the spotlight for best MLB player right now. Of course, guys like Soto and Betts, I think we've a lot of people have forgotten about, but of course, they're still top notch. They're still, in my opinion, top ten in the game right now. Um, Easily, and then also you got Bellinger, who's also of course West Coast bias. That's his name wasn't on there, but you know, yeah. not of course having the best twenty twenty season, and then of course in two thousand twenty one he's been hurt most of the year, so his That's name right, yeah. probably isn't on that. But uh, no, yeah, it was just an interesting thing because of course I think everyone was just like, can we get a year? Because if we're talking about twenty twenty, Otani was awful. Yeah. If we're talking about twenty twenty one. Abreu Seager is not doing good right now. Abreu shouldn't be here. Abreu should not be here. Yeah. And like Bauer is okay, but I mean, we have other guys like DeGrom, Woodruff, yeah. uh, Gosman. But I mean, you're not going to put, I don't think you're going to put Gosman on the list. Right, right. <laughs> but there's a level of star power that someone probably needs to make this list, which is, I guess, why Abreu is also kind of surprising. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, some guys that didn't make the list, like Tatis, like we mentioned, Acuna, Trout. Guys who are stars, superstars, yep, yep. and didn't make the cut. So it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, and we all, I, mean, I think it's kind of like the, the whole basketball thing. We all know who the best player in the world is. We all know who the best baseball player in the world is. It's Mike Trout, and I think everyone would be like, yeah, it's not really close. It's still Mike Trout. I mean, yeah. Otani is a freak on what he's doing, but Mike Trout's Mike Trout. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tr- yeah. It'll, it'll take Trout to slip in order for anyone to take the crown, I feel like. Yes. No one's going to rise to his level of like consistency and production, so... He will still put up a 990 plus OPS and, you know, an OPS plus above probably 150. And he's still going to slug probably 40 plus home runs. And also his, his outfield defense speaks for itself as well. It's yeah. getting better and better every single season. I, there's really not too much of a, you know, a guy in the league that can do what he does. Um, he is the Willie Mays, the Mickey Mantle of yeah. today's the game. The next right generation. Yeah. Exactly. He, he can do whatever he wants. But, um, 
no, it was a good talk to bring that up because it's it's kind of interesting when they kind of bring these kind of committees in and they kind of make sure these these names are are you know put on a put on a pedestal and it's like you know it's a good debate to bring up. Yeah, all stuff. yeah, and, and this is just the nominees, Travis. I wonder who's actually going to win it, and that'll yeah. create some even. Uh, if you had to pick one of those four as the baseball player of the year, which the year obviously is not clarified. Yeah, yeah. Who would you pick? I mean, I I, I almost can guarantee. I think Abreu is going to get fourth. I, that would I, make sense. I don't think he's to gonna me. get too much just because also I don't think he has the hype of Bauer and Seeger. Honestly, I mean, I, I really think it's Otani's gonna win that because I really think that with the yeah. hype that he has, I honestly am firm believing that Otani will win that award just because just because of how international he is yeah. and how, you know, almost the world, I feel like the world has the baseball world has gotten more popular with him because Japan is starting to watch. Other other you know countries are are keeping an eye on this guy. He's just doing things that we have not seen. And I like, I'll cover some stats later on in the show. Sure. But you know, I strongly think that Otani will win that award. Um, yeah, I, I I think yeah, both Dodger players have a, a fair case. We we both agree that Brady is probably a fourth place uh, you know candidate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I think the issue is just that like, are they going to give it to Trevor Bauer? Saying is Bauer really the player of the year it really doesn't feel like it if you, if you factored in i guess um all he did with his marketing side of things with yeah, like his yeah. he has his vlogs and the whole free agency uh you know fiasco yeah. like if they're talking about just kind of fame and notoriety then that would make a lot of sense that bauer could win that but if they're talking about like player like it'd which be really, i hope they're gonna talk about player yeah right it'd be really it'd be really <laughs> weird to give it to bauer as yeah. the player of the year and then uh you know because he wasn't the best pitcher last year yeah, it was probably bieber yeah. and then he wasn't the best pitcher this year. It was, you know, it's been DeGrom, it's been Woodruff. Um, you know, Cole's been very good. but A handful of players, yeah. But, and then Seager is just, you know, are you going to give it to the World Series MVP just because he won World Series MVP? It's like, if you look at the 2020 season or the 2021 season, he's not been the best shortstop in his own yeah. in his own uh, division, to be honest. No, exactly. Tatis, so, exactly. Um, Tatis and Story have been, I mean, I think for a couple, the past two, three years, I would say those guys have been a little more he, consistent. And even, even Turner's rising as well. So it's a yeah. really, it's really yeah. a big competition for You're that so shortstop. Right about that. But Seager had the postseason, uh, so that's why he's there, you know, and, and he's a good player besides the postseason, but like that's the reason why he's on that list of four so Otani does make sense to me too because he's mm-hmm. the hottest guy right now and the storylines match it and the stats match it and the fact we've not seen guys do what he's doing uh, it all matches up so I would agree that makes a lot of sense but we'll have to wait and see because mm-hmm. they, they could throw a curveball mm-hmm. so they really could throw one yep yep uh, let's talk about something that you know helps a curveball in the game of baseball, and oh. that's and that's a little bit of sticky substance, right? <laughs> Increase that spin rate. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that right now because that's been kind of the big topic of the last two weeks is Major League Baseball jumping into action, telling the players that you know we are going to be pretty much banning all legal substances, all sticky substances from um, the pitchers, you know from the pitcher's ability to use that so yeah and, uh, and 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 just to be clear like a lot of you know some pitchers are using something called spire attack or just mm-hmm. different types of you know uh well sunblock and rosin bag right right well yeah so that there's, there's there's like this distinction there is that like there's some of these substances are like you know man-made like um they're designed to increase your stickiness and increase your grip and spin rate and all that yeah and there's other substances that are just like people have been using probably for a long time and they're, you know, just kind of like little mixtures of like sunscreen and rosin. Yeah. It helps your grip. It does not help your spin rate very much. It is, you know, more for, you know, uh, I guess just making sure you can throw the ball the way you want to throw it. And that's the difference that a lot of pitchers are talking about right now. Guys like Tyler Glass now have been very vocal saying, I think Glass now has said, he's like, he doesn't, he's like, I don't use Spire Attack. I use rosin and 
sunscreen. That's what I do. Which is just, I, it's just a funny thing to think about because I, I just have never think, thought about pitchers using that. It's like, it's, yeah. it's like this, this, this uh, ingredient mixture to make this solution that's just like, what? Yeah, and it, but then, so, so it, it's, if you guys haven't seen the video of Tyler Glass now speaking with the media and explaining uh, his thoughts after he got injured, um, he pretty much said that he threw a bullpen session uh, when he found out he won't be able to, you know, use the substance that he's used to. And he was explaining how he has to hold his fastball differently. He has to have a much mm-hmm. deeper grip because if, you know, he's used to holding it in a certain way, knowing his fingers will kind of stick, like the tips of his fingers will stick to the yeah. to the ball in a way where he can, uh, you know, get the grip he likes. And then you, t- you take away that, that substance and now he has to hold it deeper in his grip. Um, and he said after he pitched his first game like that, he felt sore in all the wrong places. And then, of course, he got diagnosed with, the, with an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the timetable. It, he's hoping to be back before the playoffs. But it's really too bad to see a guy who's, you know, very convinced, at least to himself, that his his inability to use the rosin and sunscreen as, uh, you know, prohibited by the MLB is what causes injury. And so... Um, I especially will, the leader of that race team that's pretty much the best team in baseball right now. Right. This is the best team. And they're still probably going to, you know, finish first in their division. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is their their ace who had his career year. And, and watching that, that press conference um, when he's pretty much saying how he's injured and how, he, you know... Uh, blaming the substance regulation he said like it's been my dream my whole life like i want to win the cy young yeah and honestly he had a very good shot because he was not only probably top five in the al uh, perhaps but guys like cole recently kind of slipped up a bit yep. Cole actually had a great outing just his last outing but um but still like uh glass now is very easily in the mix plus he's on a very good team so he's gonna get a lot of wins which i'm sure the voters will like to see so um it's really too bad. It's heartbreaking to see him kind of say, like, I have to work my way back from this now. And, like, it's such a big step back. Uh, and the MLB really kind of, you know, forced this on me by by just regulating um, regula- regulating things the way that they are. And, and I guess a lot of pitchers are very upset by, you know... I, I guess even, even batters, Travis, batters have come out and said um, the issue is not the stickiness to help their grip. The issue is when they put on a substance that increases the spin rate mm-hmm. and we see these crazy like rising fastballs and like, these curveballs that just like go in the dirt like like, like you've never seen before. Yeah. So I guess, Travis, what do you think about like, I guess the difference between like, do you think it's, because like some people are saying like, oh, like a cheater is a cheater. If you put sunscreen and rosin, you're still a cheater and you, yeah, should, but, you should be punished. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about that? Like apparently pitchers have been doing it for years. I even saw an interview with Nolan Ryan where he was saying like, he said, someone asked him like, you know, this is like back in the 80s or, or 90s and someone's like, have you ever used like stuff on the ball? He's like, he like really took like a long pause and kind of smiled and he said like, no. And someone's like, if you did do it, would you tell me? And he's like, no. <laughs> so it's, it's just kind of funny. It's <laughs> like, it's so like, good. you know, it, it's, it's something that's been kind of passed down through the generation. Yeah. So, so what yeah. do you make of this whole thing? Travis? Yeah. You know, you look back at, you know, the 40s, the 30s, probably even the 20s, and not, you know, you, you know, you know, guys are probably using, you know, different things on, you know, mm-hmm. different. I, I know people were saying things back in like, you know, the 40s that they had like snot balls, like people just sort of, yeah, like, like they just freaking get some <laughs> right. snot from their nose and put and, and increase their spin rate on a curveball. But you know what? It to me, it seemed a little unfair for the MLB to pretty much make this kind of ban in the middle of the season. 100%. And a lot of pitchers were really mad because they're saying, you know, I went to spring training and we're we're we we've been doing this for years. No one said anything. No one's no one MLB people probably knew about it. But oh, they, 100% no one they said knew. anything. They totally knew. And it's like we've been we've been training in spring training for 6 weeks and then we go into the season and we're, you know, we're we're using cuz I mean, 
baseball players are very superstitious. They want to be able to use the same things, do the same things on a, on a day that they're going to go out and pitch, especially yeah. pitchers. Especially pitchers. And so it just seemed a little unfair that they're going to do this in the middle of the season. I would have definitely said, you know, if I was the commissioner, I would have said, we're going to take a look into it this offseason because that's when you do in the offseason. Take a look into certain things. That's when you start exploring different rules, like the extra inning rules, put a runner on second base, um, you know, right. just all kinds of different things. You do that all in the offseason. Don't do it in the middle of the season. So it's like it seemed a little unfair that they were going to do that and kind of just, you know, take away from them right then and there. And a lot of pitchers are, of course, are, are you know, really upset because it's like, really? You know, you, you know. It, it, and one thing I did hear, too, from uh, – from Dallas Braden, he's on the uh, Starry Nine podcast. He yeah. was he was saying, you know, pine tar and sticky stuff for a batter is used. You know, it is used to grip. He said, and I like the word he said. It's used to grip their tool when they go to the plate. Okay. Their, their bat is their tool. And he says, a pitcher, they want to be able to grip their tool, and that's yeah. a baseball. Yeah. And so I kind of made a little bit of sense when he was saying that because I was like, you know, that makes that like that actually does. You know, I, I can definitely see some pitchers out there when their hands get sweaty or you know they're playing probably in the humidity of you know the South. Or even like you know in Arizona and it's it's hot and you know your yeah. hands everything on your body is sweating and you need to find something for grip you know I think that you know having some sort of grippy you know stickiness is is not a not a terrible thing and you need it because of course you want to be able to throw strikes yeah hundred percent agree and it's interesting Travis that you know the you know, essentially what needs to be regulated and changed is the spin rate stuff and that has yeah. gone down a lot in this you know this new wave of. Uh, counteracting the substances yep. Travis you saw that one post by Trevor Bauer I know where he had the ball his, his, <laughs> yeah. his for those that didn't see his his he's sticking his hand out palm down yep. and the ball is against his palm and his yeah. fingers are extended so there's no gripping so his, his the ball is just stuck to his palm of his hand and he says like hey MLB is this legal yeah and did yeah. you did you see his tweet of him saying what what was used I did not but his hands look a little he looked a little black like he had some sort of I, I think that was on I think yeah. that was all for show Travis according to him in the comments he said that this is he's like this is a trick question this is just sweat and rosin oh wow. is what he said wow so it just kind of shows you like like you know it's it almost like kind of defies what we think like we don't mm-hmm. really know we're not pitchers we don't know what they need to grip the ball to have the ball stick to their fingers. Um, at the end of the day, the MLB should have done some testing and said, okay, spider tack, this crazy sticky stuff, yeah. or like a yeah. pitcher using like, you know, tons of pine tar, like a big gop of pine tar, that maybe is, is, is a line that we shouldn't be crossing. Yeah. yeah. And you can test that like, okay, if pitchers use this, how does it affect the spin? Mm-hmm. If they use mm-hmm. this, how does it affect the spin? Because at this point, we know spin rate is directly like lines up with like batters doing worse. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the balls break faster, break harder. And the fastballs are harder to, to, to keep up with because they kind of have a rising action. And uh, at the end of the day, like you said, like Dallas Braden said, pitchers should be able to grip their tools. And, you know, sunscreen and rosin, it seems like every pitcher who's tried it thinks it's good for their grip. You know, they're used to it at least. And so if yeah. you're going to make them weed off it, make make it in the offseason so they can really get familiar with the new way things are going to be done. So Exactly, exactly. Have that discussion. Don't just, I don't think, this, don't just... Don't just pull it right away and just make every single pitcher just go from, you know, almost zero to 100 and, and just try it, you know, just do a completely different, you know, trick to their to their craft almost. Yeah, and, you and, know. and, and, and poor, a poor guy like Glass now has like literally five days or whatever between starts to like, I need to go do some bullpen sessions and figure out how I'm going to grip this ball now because yeah. I'm using my normal grip and it's slipping out of my hand or whatever it is, you yeah. know, and yeah. so I just feel bad for those kind of guys and... I think Glassman had a great outing still, but he got hurt for it. And yeah, you know, and, and and we'll see that too because I mean, like you know, you just hope that not many injuries happen to other guys too because they have to change their kind of mechanics. They have to change the way they throw their whole entire mindset going up to the mound. 
Um, I think that, you know, I didn't really have a huge argument about this because with me, of course, you look back in the 90s and the early 2000s of the steroid era, you know, that's putting things into your body, you know, some people... That's a whole nother level. That's, you know, injecting needles or just taking substances and supplements and, you know, over years, you're just bulking up and getting, like, superhuman. And so this is a lot different because Tyler Glass now looks exactly the same. He's still seven foot tall and probably weighs 180, just a, just a slender kind of man. And so it, it's not really changing anything about him. It's not making him, you know, stronger or anything like that. It's just, you know, he needs something to grip the baseball to make sure he can throw it accurately. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it compares differently a lot from, like, the steroid era because some guys were saying – you know, it's kind of the same thing, you know, you know, you're all cheating, that kind of stuff. But I think it's, I mean, I think it's in a different, different ballpark from that era and the way that those hitters were doing, because some of those hitters were able to do unspeakable things. I mean, Shohei Otani would be considered a average ball player in, yeah. in the late nineties. I mean, it, it's just incredible to look at some of those guys. I mean, you just look at, you know, Sosa Maguire bonds. It's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. These guys became like Herculean, like, you know, yeah. like just, just, you know, I, I, I always think it's funny because I mean, you look, I, I always love telling people, you look up Barry Bonds 2001 to 2004, you'll just, the, the, it's, the, it's not even, yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's like, it's like he downloaded like MLB to like his computer and started playing like some sort of computer game. Yeah, he was rookie, like, on rookie he, level. He, he, he's, he's a creative player. He's a creative player. And, I mean, uh, that, 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 that is just, that's, that's what, that's what, that's what cheating does to you right there is when you, when you are, you know, yeah. making yourself superhuman to, to just boost numbers like that. But, you know, like I said before, I just think they shouldn't have done it in the middle of the season. Don't just don't just take it away. Let's have have a discussion. Get you know get some more info. Do some more research about it, and then of course go about there. But I just think that they shouldn't take that kind of stuff away from the pitchers. So and Charles, I guess one last thing we can do on this little, on this little talk, one last uh, angle we can take on it yep. is, you know, it's interesting because, you know, a year ago, two years ago, pitchers were doing this. Like they had some like guys yeah. like maybe Cole had spider tack. During, 2019 Cole. I, I, I don't want to make any accusations, but you know, guys like Cole, I think he's been linked to Spire Attack. Mm-hmm. He's quite possibly used it in his absolutely elite like 2019 season. Yeah. Verlander probably. Uh, you know. uh, other guys are using it too, though. So mm-hmm. it's not like you know, it's it's very hard to like punish. It's like Travis. A classic example in my mind is like Lance Armstrong for you know any uh, cycling fans. Yeah. Won seven uh, Tour de France titles, but he was doping or yeah. blood doping, yeah. and it's like okay, well. All, everyone that was second through like tenth place was also doing yeah, it. So yeah. in order to compete at the highest level, you had to be doing yeah. this. So how much? I so Lance was still clearly the best guy because everyone else was cheating too. Yeah. So in my mind, it's like, how can you not say he he is the best still, even yeah. though he cheated? Yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. best because yeah. So so Cole twenty nineteen, he was still the best that year. Yeah. He was absolutely mm-hmm. crazy, but he was cheating almost certainly. Yeah. So, Charles, I guess, how do we kind of put this into context? Because I like to view this cheating compared to other cheating scandals. Like, how do we compare this to the Astros video camera scandal? Because, mm-hmm. you know, people on Twitter have said, you know, there's been whisperings here and there of, like, other teams may have also had their own video camera scandals. That's right. The Red Sox got in trouble for, or I think actually the Yankees got in trouble for, like, Apple Watch, something or other. Yeah, and then that, yeah. but then, like, they, like, they got told to not use Apple Watches, and they took. The, I don't even know what what that means, but <laughs> they're probably a little vibration on the Apple Watch where it's like fastball, okay, and I can yeah, I, yeah. So I don't I, exactly. I, I don't know the details of it, but you know the fact that the Astros were the team that really went down yeah. because they won, and it makes yeah. sense. Twenty seventeen, they were obviously cheating. It's been yeah. proven and it's been admitted to. Yeah, and they won because of it. So it makes sense why they're like the, they're like the target of all this kind of stuff. But I feel like it's almost the same as 
the you know other conversations with the pitchers or with Lance Armstrong where the Astros were cheating, but I guarantee you some other teams were cheating too. Yeah. But the Astros were the best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they receive all the targeted criticism. So I guess what do you make of that, Travis? Yeah, and I mean that's interesting you bring up because I know there was uh, I forget which guy put it on Twitter, but he was he basically kind of was like you know putting out a bunch of you know not conspiracy theory theories, but just almost like things that he's heard about the MLB. Right. Almost in the past, it was almost a span of like five years. You know, it was talking about other teams and other uh, franchises and, you know, things that they might have been doing, you know, implementing a, uh, you know, a, a camera or, or almost a different technologies around the ballpark yeah. to kind of help their pitchers out. And some were like even for home or away games, like yeah. they have an away game guy go to certain spots. That's so right. it's like, it, it, it's all kind of stuff that like, we can't really prove it, right? We can't no. go back in time and figure this out, but it's good you bring it up because these are kind of almost conspiracy theories. And at one point, Travis, the Astros stuff was a conspiracy theory. And then, like, Rosenthal had this huge article, and he proved it to be true with all yeah. these interviews. Yeah. This uh, At one point in time, Travis, the sticky stuff was, like, a conspiracy theory. And, like, people thought, okay, yeah, pitchers are using, like, advanced, like, man-made sticky stuff yeah. to really spike up these spin rates. We can see it in Bauer and Cole's, like, crazy high spin rates. But then now it gets proven. So, Travis, li- like we're saying, one day maybe we'll have some definitive evidence of other teams cheating but the Astros are the ones right now that are getting all, all the heat, I guess. So I, I, I my, 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 my favorite one that I heard was uh, the one I think it was Adrian Beltre. Adrian <laughs> Beltre had a friend that would stand in center field and waver on a white beater. Yeah. And he had binoculars and he would read if it's a fastball. And he, pretty much uh, that means Beltre's at the plate and he has to look kind of above the pitcher and he has to see this man <laughs> in center field waving a shirt. And he's like, okay, that's a fastball. And then he has to come and get it. And then, but you know, just things like that that are really kind of really interesting. Yeah, it's like that's like a that's like some sort of like wives' tale you tell your kids. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What is this like fairy tale of you know this really good hitter like looking for some guy in the stands with a with a shirt? It's like it just it's almost like nonsense. But at the same time, it's like you know every story I guess is kind of sounds like a little crazy until it gets proven true. So yeah, I I don't want to say that all these stories that the guy said were like hundred percent true or you know it's just kind of things that people are talking about, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And so the fact mm -hmm. that people are talking about it. It makes me think that there's a lot more cheating out there that uh, is undiscovered and will probably, a lot of it will remain undiscovered for, you know, mm-hmm. forever, if not for a long time. So, And I think most people, if they want to get the competitive edge and they have a chance to do it without, you know, being caught, I think, you know, it's just, it's almost people's human nature to be, it, you know what, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it. The, yeah, the, the, I mean. cla- the classic the classic phrase, I don't know if I agree with it, but the classic phrase is, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> so, uh, you know. And you know what? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, that, there's something to that. That's there's something, something definitely to that. To that. Because if, if, you're, if you're, you know, I mean, an example is Trevor Bauer in 2018. He had a very rocky year. Yeah. Oh, sorry. 2019, yeah. 2018, he was good. Yeah. 2019, he had a really rocky year. He got traded then, to the Reds. That's and then right. in 2020, he gets on the sticky stuff after saying for years, like, I'm not going to do it because it's a really huge problem in the league. And yeah. he jumps on the train and becomes like a top five pitcher in yeah. baseball. So, yeah. um, you know. In his mind, if I he's like if I don't do that, no no one's is no one's getting punished for this. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do this, I'm gonna be like an average guy. And mm-hmm. if I do do it, I will be able to rise to the top because you know everyone else is doing it. Yeah. So yeah. long story short, I think we kind of agree we're in the same spot. We're like um, MLB needs to do a better job yeah. the way they regulate this. And there's probably a lot of stuff going on that we will not know about. And that's just kind of we have to kind of keep that in mind when yeah. we are judging everyone for either using sticky stuff or, you know, what have you. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. we'll put a cap on that. Definitely. It's kind of just kind of some of it's a little unfair um, with all of it. But uh, moving on to another thing that's a little unfair, Alex. <laughs> and we just want to touch on... Mr. Uh, Transitions today. Transition, I know. A little thing that's unfair. Uh, we were talking about this a couple of days ago, but, you know, it came out, I think it's just random posts on Twitter, Instagram, but 
Um, they're talking about the minor leagues because minor leagues, of course, were shut down last season. I think most players actually didn't get pay or didn't or almost got, you know, just for making just just below minimum wage. It, yeah. it was outrageous. Yeah. yeah. For those that don't know, it is the minor league pay the way it works. Uh, I, I, I'm saying I'm trying to explain it. But I'm I'm not an expert by any mm-hmm. means. I just know that whenever I look up like you know a minor leaguer's annual pay, it's like you know it's it's like several thousand dollars it's not it's like nowhere near like a you know a because if you worked a minimum wage job 40 hours a week you would get you know however much money because yeah. you guys are making less than that and honestly they're probably putting in more than 40 hours oh a week yeah, yeah. You're, playing getting, baseball. you're getting you're getting to the ballpark four hours early and you're leaving an hour after i mean you're literally probably you, putting in you the know, travel time is also part of the job exactly and then you know on the weekends if you don't have a game you're hitting the you're working seven days a week i'm sure there's yeah very little off days yeah. especially during the season and so you're, you know, you're essentially, you're essentially giving your day, your daily life, to a organization, right? And you're working seven days a week. You're, you're not, you're not, you're seven not days a only week. working five days a week. You're working seven days a week on that. So and, that, that's another thing. That's that's pretty. And you it's know, probably more more draining. than more than eight hours a day. And these guys are getting paid, you know, chump change essentially. Yeah. And yeah. and they're they're giving their they're giving like years of their life to a organization, and you know the pay. It's it's been a big talk right now. The pay has just been like not acceptable. Yeah, and the, I remember, and, and one story I want to bring up is one guy was saying, you know, they're they have a two week homestand or something like that, and they have about it was almost like nine hundred dollars to to spend in that two weeks. And, and I think they don't get housing. They don't. And he said, I, I, I'm living in an apartment with six other players, and we all are making nine hundred bucks, and we have to pretty much pay for this apartment. So it's like you know we're, we have about two hundred dollars maybe to spend on like food and other things in that week and it's just yeah. like and, wow and I, I, I think it's very common for some of these guys who are in the minors and they know they're not really on the verge of getting called up and getting a, a bigger contract i think a lot of these types of guys end up getting another job and that to me that's just a, a yeah. cra- it's a crazy concept of you're giving all like every free time you have you're putting towards baseball towards an organization and then you still have to go scramble and do this other part-time job just yeah. to just to be able to play baseball. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the amount of the the high risk with the high reward. I mean, it, it's just in crazy because you know you're grinding. You're and you, you know nothing about that too. I mean, I mean mentally you're like, man, I'm hitting two forty right now in the minors. I might get demoted. I might go down to low A ball or I might go yeah. down to double A. And it's like you know it's definitely a mental you know strain. And it's like. You know, you might have to look, take a look at your age, and say, you know, I'm 25 or I'm 26. That's considered an old guy in the minors. You know, you know that, that you know sure. that you, you should be in the majors already. And it's definitely a mentally, you know, draining thing. And it's it sucks because I mean, you're not really probably making a good, you know, savings for your life. So you know, let's say at 28, you want to go and just say, I'm done with baseball. I'm going to go try a real job somewhere and find a job doing, you know, something. And you know, you, you got to think about, you know, your your savings as you go along with life. You got, it's kind of funny how you got to think about your financials about it as well because you know. Someone like me or like you, it's like, you know, my, my, we have a job at 23 or something like that. And it's like, okay, we're actually saving, we're putting stuff away. And it's like some of these baseball players might be, you know, 28, 29. And it's like, yeah, I got $200 in my name because I couldn't save money because I was playing in the minors. And, you know, I was right. using that money. And so you got to definitely take a huge risk. Now, the reward, of course, the reward is you making $50 million in, you know, in, in, a, in five seasons. Or, right. or you know, you, and, you're a millionaire pretty and, much. And, and that's the thing is that, like, if you do hit, you know, strike gold and you get the big MLB contract, and you become like a like you know a veteran, you you know you, you're making you know enough money for you know you and your family you know ten times over or whatever. Exactly. But, exactly. But I, it really comes down to the fact that like that's like the point one percent of baseball players, yeah, right? Yeah. And then 
and Mike Trout's the zero point zero 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 one where you right. have four hundred million dollars. Yeah. You got you, your grandkids' grandkids are probably good but, and set. Yeah. And pretty much everyone who's in AAA right now, Travis, is probably like I don't know exactly. Like of all baseball players in the world, they're like what the top like the top one percent at least. Oh yeah, if for like, sure. A fraction of that. So thinking about that, like okay, these guys are some of the best at what they do. You know, they're at the top of their field essentially, mm-hmm. and they're getting paid less than minimum wage. They're needing second jobs just to, I guess, travel and find housing. And I, I saw, I saw a, a fun, or not, not funny, but it was more of a disappointing uh, picture yeah. of someone's like lunch that was given to them for like one of the training <laughs> days in spring training yeah, or whatever it was yeah. for, in the minors. And it was just like it was like a it was like a sandwich that like the cheese was like sliding off like the meat and God. it was just it just didn't look good. It looks, <laughs> just, some guy just some guy just whipped that together and said, "Here you go, dude." Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's like they're cranking out like school lunches, like the worst kind yeah. you've ever seen. So. Yeah. It's just, it just, it just, it's just a bit of a bummer that you know we see these, you know, guys who are at the top of their field, you know, doing the best that they can, and you know, it's it's just unfortunate. But you know, and, I, and, and you wish it maybe maybe you know, I know you look at owners of major league baseball teams. I don't I don't really know what their role is when it comes to the minors because I know the minors is actually like a, a totally different organization because I think minor leagues actually have owners or ownership hmm. down in the minor systems, and so they actually have front offices down there. Um, but it, it's 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 interesting to see because you know some of these owners in, in Major League Baseball, I mean, they're billionaires. I mean, you, oh yeah, you, you could say, hey man, you know, give five million dollars of, of your of your worth down to these minor league players. I mean, and and that's that's more than enough. Yeah, just pump, just kind of pump some more juice into that system. Yeah, yeah. It'll make it'll not only improve the quality of life, which is should be yeah. enough as it yeah. is, but you know, if you're a, if you're a minor league team and you're really treating all the players right. It's gonna, I feel like, help help their you know production if you pump not only more money into their salaries but like into their training, yeah. pump more money into you know their lunches, like the whole system, like get, you know better dugouts. Yeah. You can just pump a little bit, pump a little bit more money in there. I think it's gonna return in, I guess the, I guess the response of the players and how much they enjoy your, you know, if if they know that they were treated right in the minors, they might want to stick with you when they get called up. Of they, course, they're gonna want to stick with your organization. Of course, of it, course. You know, there's lots of rewards, you know, for all parties yeah. if you just pump some money. It, it's probably like the movie Moneyball where they're probably paying for soda in the in the clubhouse. Yeah. You know, the, oh, the, 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 the soda no isn't free. It's only in Oakland where you got to pay for for soda. But that's right. But yeah, you know, I, I don't, and I, that's the funny thing because we don't really know too much about the financials and who you know who gets who pays them that kind of stuff. But you just wish that some of these guys were just you know getting paid a little bit more. Of a you know a fair salary just Forgive, because for giving their life to the team exactly and especially like like they're working seven days a week and you know what they're working overtime but that overtime isn't being you know it's not time and a half it's basically you want to stay back in the cage and hit for two hours because you you've been struggling you go ahead and do that but it's just kind of like but then some guy can't do that because he's got to go work his other job which is just silly exactly but. exactly so you know it's just a it's an interesting you know it's kind of a weird thing with baseball with the minor leagues because it's, it's nothing like you know it, football doesn't have a minor league system basketball has the G League. Right. But it's very different. Baseball actually has guys that will be there. I mean, there there have been some guys that have stayed in the minors for fifteen years and they literally have made a living in the minors. Some guys I think actually have been making like two hundred thousand dollars a year in the minors and they're like, Hey, I'm making I'm making CEO money almost. And, and you know what? I'm, and li- I'm they're doing life. they're doing what they like, yeah. And, and and they love what they're doing. So it's it's almost like why not? You know, if I get called up, that's great. If I don't, it's okay. But you know, it's it's definitely kind of a, a shallow part of baseball when you look at the minor leagues and, and you know, just how many players i remember just going to angel spring training a couple times and you see oh man you see over 100 guys walking from the practice fields onto the regular field and it's just like wow i mean the competition is just so severe and extreme and and this is not even factoring factoring in the fact that like 
the minors are shrinking. Like, yeah. So some teams are, you know, disbanding, no longer being yeah. minor teams are kind of getting cut almost. And then also the draft is shrinking as well. Like the mm-hmm. rounds of the draft, um, it, it's getting dialed back essentially. And yeah. so yeah. just kind of, kind of looking at that, it's like there's less guys getting this opportunity. So why not at least compensate them by they made the cut Let's pay them a little yep, bit more. Yep, yep. Make them really want to stick around for you. Yep. Uh, and especially if you're an outfielder going into spring training for the Angels, and you say, "I got, I got to look at Mike Trout in center," and then I, of course, I got Justin Upton in left. But then, of course, you got Adele Marsh, uh, Adams coming up in 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 the AAA right. system. Yeah, that top hundred prospects, and yeah. those are really good prospects right now. So it's kind of just like you know, you're almost looking like I have no future here unless I change my position or unless I just become some freak show. Maybe they could trade me yeah. or I could outbeat some of these guys. Or but I, I got I got to become a top fifty prospect kind yeah, of guy if exactly, I'm going to get exactly. one of these spots. And that's where you can go back to our old topic, the cheating scandal. That's where you can say, you know what? I mean, I got I got to get an edge. I, yeah, I got to yeah. do something because I can't compete with these guys. So. It's it's just very interesting and you know it's just it's it's crazy competitive in, in baseball and so um but that's like of course what makes it a good sport, you know, with the competitive nation yeah. about all of it. Of course, yeah, the, the grinding aspect. It, it's a daily grind for these guys and uh we just hope that they can get compensated in in a fair way. But yeah, Travis, I think you know, we did good on that. Uh I guess one other thing we should touch on, Travis, uh before we wrap things up is the current uh I guess status of the home run derby. So home run derby. Right now, Shohei Otani is the first name. That, what, love did, it. I well, love it. You see that hype video he put on Instagram of the, uh, you know, his announcement, I guess. And, like, it was all these different, like, analysts saying, like... He's a superstar. We've never seen something quite like Shohei Otani. And, like, it's, like, all of a sudden, like, boom, like, Otani will be in the home run derby. And I, and we all know he's going to be an all-star, too. I mean, besides the fact that every team needs to have a representative, yeah, yeah. Um, he just has earned it even without that fact. He is, you know, a top... I think I saw some... Let me pull up this stat real quick. No, to add on that, Alex, I mean, I think this home run derby and all-star game this year, I think this home run derby could possibly have the highest rating, highest viewership in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, it might... I know you might be... I know it could be kind of crazy, but I think this home run derby, honestly, could have more viewers than possibly, you know, the Stanley Cup finals, than the... Almost maybe the NBA finals. It just depends on, of course, I think the teams that make it. But yeah. I, I really think this home run derby is going to be so much hype. It's going to be so much excitement. What's fun about it is that it's in a ballpark that is extremely hitter friendly, and we are going to see bombs like you have never seen them hit before. And so, absolutely, it's it's going to be, I think, really, really exciting. And of course, Shohei's one guy that's that first guy that actually joined it. But um, one thing I'll talk about uh, before uh, you know you share your stat that you want to share. But I mean, one thing that with Shohei Otani that, you know, he will be in the home run derby and you know what? He honestly, he honestly could be a pitcher and also being one of the hitters in the, in the whole all-star game because how of a freak of a nature this guy is. One thing I'll read you from a guy named Jeremy Frank on Twitter, but he, he shares all these interesting random stats with baseball. I mean, this guy's honestly pretty impressive when he just finds the, just the weirdest things, but they're just so cool. Yeah. The coolest little nuggets. So he found one that just said, you know, Pretty much Angels with 20-plus home runs and 10-plus stolen bases through 70 games played in a season. There's only three of them through 70 games. 2017 Mike Trout, 2018 Mike Trout, and 2021 Shohei Otani. So it's basically Otani and Trout. The steals and the power, it's like... It's it's historic, essentially. Exactly. You have have the best hitter of the 21st... The best player of the 21st century right there up with with Shohei Otani. Then you look at Angels with 70-plus Ks, strikeouts... And a sub one eighty five 
batting average against other hitters through 10 games pitching in a season. Only two guys have done it. 75 Nolan Ryan, 78 Nolan Ryan, and 2021 Shohei Otani. He's he's yeah. up. He's pretty much Nolan Ryan and Sh- Nolan Ryan and Mike Trout, the same player in one, one guy. In one guy. <laughs> this guy has to be on the All Star team. He has to be doing both things. I want to see it. The world wants to see so, this. Yeah, I think if MLB just passed up on the opportunity to have Shohei Otani as a guy who can pitch as well as hit in the same All Star game, it's like. When you're going to get this chance? This could yeah. be the one time, honestly. It really like, will be. Who knows how Shohei keeps up in both aspects of his game. And one thing I want to bring up, uh, a, a stat that I found, same third account, actually, Jeremy Frank, at MLB Random Stats. Super cool account. Um, so this is Mike Trout, his numbers before, before he got hurt, right? He was putting up like MVP numbers. Mm-hmm. He, he was batting 333 with a 466 on base, a 624 slugging. That's a... A hundred, uh, 1,090 OPS, okay. right? So mm-hmm. 1,090 OPS. Shoei Otani, since Mike Trout got hurt, right? And Shoei was being good before that, but oh, since yeah. but since yeah. Mike Trout got hurt, his batting splits are a 291 average, mm-hmm. a 431 on base, and a 721 slugging. So that's, <laughs> so that's a 1,152 OPS since Trout came out. So he's pretty much been putting up better numbers than Trout's bat since Trout came out, right? So it's insane. He is not only carrying this offensive workload by just, you know... I mean, we saw just the other night he had two, two home run night. He had another home run, I believe, last night. He's just going crazy to another mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Angels have absolutely needed him to do that in order to be where they are right now, which is, I believe, one game above 500. Yeah, yeah. Back to the All-Star game and the home run derby. What are a couple... Let's just for quickly, uh, you know, shoot out some some names that you want to see. Who are, who are some other guys you want to see in the home run derby that you, you know, could definitely be a very good show to see? I, I think Guerrero Jr. has to be there mm-hmm. just because I think before this season, everyone knew, like, this guy has so much power, but his in-game power was maybe not exactly uh, what it could be, right? Like, and what we saw in 2019, making it to the finals against Pete Alonso. Exactly. And he put on a show in Cleveland. We, we, knew that, we knew that he has, like, this capability to have so much power. He's got, like... They say he's got a wagon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, but he just turns on the ball and he just rips it right, like every time. Like he, but the, like it took him not until twenty twenty one to kind of put together the completeness of his at bats and like become like the guy who can hit for average, show the power on a regular basis. He's really turned it around, right, mm-hmm. in terms of a complete mm-hmm. hitter. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the really this is the year where like you know he not only deserves it from a home run derby standpoint, like you said, twenty nineteen. But combine that with the fact that he's like an MVP candidate right now, he has to be there, right? He, just he has, has to. He has, he has to, to be, be there. there yeah. Other names that really should be there are, I think, Acuna and Tatis. I just think they gotta get the juniors. They gotta get the, the three juniors. juniors need to be there just because. I mean, not only are they top five in home runs, all yeah. three of all, mm-hmm. all, you know, all juniors, but besides that fact, these are just young, talented guys exciting. that are exciting, and they're gonna get the fans hyped, mm-hmm. and you know. And you don't want to even factor this in that much, but they're on you know good teams that mm-hmm. have like uh, I guess interesting markets. Like you get You're Toronto right. to watch the game, you get Atlanta to watch the home run derby. That's right. That's you get right. San Diego to watch the home run derby, and you now yeah. you're getting you know you're getting Southern California with Otani as well. So yeah, it, it, you're kind of getting a good mix of players. I think there's no way you could snub Tatis or Acuna. These are just like young exciting players. Mm-hmm. They're ready mm-hmm. to you know kind of show off their stuff and uh, you know try to try to make a, a great a night. So who else, who else do you think you have in this kind of list of I like that you point that out because it's important, I think, getting the other markets and getting the, you know, international markets too. Canada watching this, supporting Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Japan watching this. I think, honestly, even the world watching Otani, just how impressive he is. 
But you're right. And then all, of course, you know, Latin America down in the Dominican Republic. Right. Um, all those countries, of course, supporting their guys, Tatis, Vladimir Guerrero. You know, I mean, Vladdy Guerrero Sr. is a hero and icon in the Dominican Republic. And now watching his son. Yeah. You know, it'll just be a crazy story. Completely you know, right. The world countries will just be watching this um, and glued to their TV sets. But one other guy, of course, I want to see just because it's kind of like the, you know, the, the home guy. I want to see uh, McMahon for the Rockies going there as well because that big, makes sense. Yeah. Big lefty bat. You always want to see at least one guy from the home ballpark. Yeah. You know, in the home run derby. Uh, you know, no matter where it kind of is at, because it's always like you know it's him against the 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 seven contestants, and it's kind of just like this is his ballpark. We go back to I think it was 2015 when Todd Frazier for the Reds won it in Cincinnati when they started that new home run derby kind of process with the time they had a shot clock, which, yeah. which is, which is that course really, really cool. Cause they added the time clock in baseball. I think that was really cool and a really good thing that they did. Um, cause they used to have home run derbies that would last four or five hours. And it's like, you know, you look, go back to Josh Hamilton in a Yankee stadium. I think he was hitting for 30 minutes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and right. I mean, it's, it's just like, okay, great. But I mean, we got to get this done, man. And, so, and I think going back to like, you know, kind of covering all their bases, you got to get the home market. Like you said, McMahon yes, would be yeah. a good pick. I think you almost have to have a Yankee just because that's the way that's baseball true. is. I think, I, I think, and they have the candidates. You can go Judge or you yeah. can go Stanton, and they will be great contestants. I think Judge is good because I think yeah, Judge won it in it might have been twenty seventeen, and then you know Vladimir Guerrero almost won it in nineteen. I think that you have all these sluggers. It, I mean, the competition would be insane because you could say you know what Judge is going to win this, or you can say Vladdy will win this, but I mean everyone's going to say you know Shohei. I mean this guy's going to yeah. hit it to the triple deck. He's he has a shot of hitting it out of the ballpark. So. Of course, you know, the candidates are and, are really, really exciting right and, now. And there's a good handful of players, I feel like, Travis, that have never been in a home run derby that really yeah. could be a great pick. And one guy that comes to mind is Gerdon Alvarez. You're right. Just because yeah. the last time there was a home run derby, Travis, we didn't really know who he was. Yeah. Because yeah. he became, he broke out under the scene like halfway through 2019 season. You know, a lot of that is post-All-Star break. And now all of a sudden he's become like one of the premier left-handed sluggers of all baseball in terms of you know he hits for average uh, occasionally but also the power is really what's crazy he has these triple deck shots yep, yep. seeing him in coors would just be like uh it would just be scary for everyone in attendance yeah, yeah. this and, guy and, is just crazy and, and one anything. thing that's funny you point out because i've always wanted to wait to see when this would happen right now you know jordan still has not jordan alvarez for the astros has not yet played 162 games yet he is at 146 wow so about one season almost of playing but going through his numbers 37 bombs, 118 RBIs, a 311 average with a 393 on base and a 598 slugging, a 991 OPS. I mean, you're pretty much saying this is the first, this is one rookie year. This yeah. is one rookie year, and this guy put up an MVP season. You know, yeah. he's been a slugger. He'd be a great guy. I'd love to see in the home run derby as well. He would be mashing it in Coors. Yeah. And that's what I love about Coors. It's going to be a place where you're going to see balls that you've never seen hit before almost like, <laughs> I, I, i'm really excited for that home run derby oh yeah and then and then you know the the candidates continue you maybe you get a dodger in there i mean there's something as you can put like a bellinger type uh you know he, muncie as well muncie has got the crazy power um you can go all over the place uh, you know you got the texas the texas rep in uh in uh jordan alvarez but you can also go like atolis garcia yep there's so many yep. ways you can go with this um, you, but go, yeah. you go with one of those, those uh, the, the Cincinnati Red Boys, you know, Weaker oh, or Cassiano, Cassiano and Weaker both. Yeah, yeah, they both have shown the power to where they you know deserve it, and they could make a, a crazy huge show. So, so yeah, there, there's a lot, there's a lot you could do there, and then also the All Star Game, Travis. We're just so excited. Like you know, what are these teams going to look like? I think one conversation we're both interested in a lot is the AL first base situation because we know that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the far and away running away favorite. I think he had the most votes at one point for yeah. mm-hmm. all, all all around like. 
who has the most votes for any all-star contestant. It was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for first base for American League. But who's his backup? The backup is an interesting <laughs> question, Travis, because there's a few options, and actually the, and AL, the AL West. The AL West, you have uh, Matt Olson on the A's, who's put together honestly a sneaky MVP type season, and he's a stud, yeah, and he's been so good, and he has the defense as well. But yes. that's you know maybe I don't know if the voters are factoring in that much uh, that as much, but obviously uh, we want to see offense in the home run the, 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 the All Star game. The power bat has been yeah. really incredible for him. He's just put together uh, you know so many great games. Uh, and then, of course, you have uh, Guriel on the Houston Astros, who has you know, oh, it's, it's it's interesting. I thought he was a lot younger than he was. I found out you know a couple years ago he's like in his mid to like even late thirties, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's playing like a breakout year like yeah, at this yeah, age. It's so yeah. crazy. But I he's think he spent a, a couple most of his career in Cuba. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so uh, the fact that he's breaking out into a crazy season now is like really something you know special, I guess. And. Yep. He yep. deserves a, a good consideration, but Travis, our guy that we definitely are going to be voting for in the All Star game, guy, that's right, is Mr. Jared Walsh on the Angels. He has been absolutely remarkable. He's put up some crazy. It, it's almost like a breakout from last September that's continued into this year, and keeping up that consistency, I think, is what really deserves him to get a lot of credit because he has had the power bat. He's had so many clutch at bats, and he's just kind of been the guy the Angels have needed, uh, without him in our lineup, there's been no one to protect kind of guys like Shohei, guys like Trout. He has been uh, an absolute just gem of a, of a, of a find. Uh, and I guess, so Travis, what do you make of this whole like debate? We're talking Olsen, Gurriel, and uh, Walsh. Is one of these guys is going to be like the number one backup for the no, for the, yeah. for the AL first yeah. base spot? And actually, you know, I think I think Gurriel will probably get the least amount of votes just because people hate Astros, and I think sure. I think the media kind of doesn't, doesn't like him as well just because of the whole and the, the the whole thing with, with you Darvish in yeah, uh, in uh, twenty seventeen. People are probably never going to forget that exactly. So I, I think Gurriel is just kind of a guy that people don't really respect, so they're not going to really kind of give too much attention to him. Olson's another guy plays in a small market in Oakland, not really probably going to get too much recognition because it's Oakland. And so, which of course is is a shame because he's a great player. He's a great player. But I think honestly, Walsh has the edge over those guys because, you know, I see a lot of people on, uh, on Twitter, you know, a guy like Jared Parabas, he loves Jared Walsh. He always is raving about Jared Walsh. You know, what, what a, you know, he's honestly like such a nice compliment to Shohei Otani. And then of course, MLB there, I feel like they're always posting Jared Walsh things or, you know, just different things about Jared Walsh. So getting that kind of out to the fans that don't watch West Coast baseball is kind of a big deal. And actually looking at his stats right now, Walsh right now is tied with Acuna, Salvador, and Simeon at 18 home runs. That's crazy. For the MLB season. So right now he's behind Olsen at 19. And then at 22, we have Otani and Tatis. And then 23 is Guerrero. So, uh, you know, it's it's something that I really want to see is Walsh getting in there. I want to see him actually in the home run derby as well. Let's did, hopefully did, get him in that as well. Did you say Olsen at 19? Olsen 19, yeah. So actually he hit 20 this morning. 20, okay. <laughs> so right. so just, just a, a live update. That, that happened about an hour ago. Guys. Things are so, happening on the, yeah, things are happening as, on the spot. As we're, as we're talking. But, uh, but yeah, no, Walsh is a guy that, you know, I'd love to see in that spot as well. Um, there's, a, there's a handful of other players, of course, too, you want to see burst on the spot. I mean, the pitching side in the NL, you'd love to see DeGrom, Woodruff, all these just studs just going at it on the mound. And of course, the AL, you know, you want to see the AL bats come at it as well. So, for sure. um, and of course you look at also first base, you know, Jose Abreu. I mean, you know, the, 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 MVP, AL MVP the reigning AL MVP is not even, has not even been in this conversation <laughs> for us, but you know, he, he will deserve some, some acknowledgement at least, uh, Olsen, the guy that we, we've been praising the last mm-hmm. few minutes here, Travis, he's a guy who actually, I would love to see in the home run derby as well. Mm-hmm. His swing. That's very true. I think he has the most intimidating swing. I think there's been different guys, Travis throughout, like 
my baseball like life as a spectator that when I see them up to bat, they just really scare me a yeah, lot. It's scary. And as an Angels fan, there's been a few different guys in my childhood. I think one guy that was always scary was Cano. His swing was obviously so sweet. Okay, yeah. And seeing him rip the ball, I'm like, oh, that's out. That's out. Every yeah. time, oh, that's out. That's going, that's going over the fence. I think for me, it's Big Poppy, just that big, just of, like... Of just, course. Just, yeah, he just looked like a... Just a, a menace, yeah. Just, just someone out of, out of, out of human at the, at the plate, so yeah. And, and then uh, another guy that always comes to mind is Prime Josh Hamilton. Mm-hmm, that's uh, right. Seeing his swing during those MVP, like, yeah. MVP, like, seasons he had. Seasons, yeah. It, it, it was just... The swing, when he connected with the ball, it was like, oh, that's just a missile. And right now, for me, Matt Olsen might be the guy who's, like, the most intimidating presence when he's got a man on base, angels are like up by a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is like, can I just walk him? It, it, I'll walk around. I'll walk around in. Like, it's, just, it's I don't like want to face this guy right it's now. It's almost like he's standing up, but he almost has a Rod Carew stance. He has his arms extended, and it's just like you know, you're trying to make contact with the ball. But I mean, God, he just hits the he, ball. He just finds the launch angle. And he just he rips it. He absolutely rips it. And he was the one guy on my on my uh, on my Twitter post that I said I wanted to see in the home run derby. I think I had Otani, Vladdy, Walsh, Olson for the AL. Which was kind of interesting, just because I wanted to see big lefty bats, and of course Vladdy going as well, and then the NL, um, you know, of course seeing Acuna, Tatis, McMahon, those kind of guys. But yeah, but and maybe yeah, a Castellanos so. in there as well. Yeah, but yeah, like Olsen, seeing him in the home run derby, in Coors, um, I mean, this is this, scared, yeah. this is going to be lights out, Travis. It's, it's I'm so me. excited. I'm me. so excited for this event. Yeah, I think yeah. it really could just have the potential to, like you said, just set records for yeah. home run derby, set viewership records, and it'll honestly also. Uh, give the fans something to get excited about because mm-hmm. there's so much going on with the sticky stuff, and uh, you and know. plus we missed the last summer derby, you know. Yeah, we get to see it. We're we, excited. We had a short year with no with no uh, you know summer classic, mm-hmm. and uh, you know this year is the year where we can kind of get a chance to uh, get back to normal with all, a lot of the stadiums getting filled up again. Yep, yep. It's a good time to be a baseball fan. Um, Travis, I guess one last thing we'll close up on. I'll ask you a question. I saw this on Twitter. I, I wish I knew who posted it, but I, I it it eludes me. But um, someone said in the year like 2029, say. When someone comes up to you and asks you, what do you remember most from the 2021 season? What would it be? And I think the options were like Shohei Otani going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I think another one might have been Guerrero Jr., uh, you know, leading in all categories for mm-hmm. hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a handful of other topics. One was like the Grom dominance, mm-hmm. right? Was mm-hmm. one of the options, like the Grom being historic. Mm-hmm. Another option was the sticky the sticky scandal. And it was a poll. And the sticky, the sticky scandal, I think, was over 50%. It was really? like a really big favorite. Wow. So I guess, so I think as an Angel fan, I'm guessing you'll probably lean Otani. But yeah. What do you think about that? I, I would definitely just say the the for me it's it's the freak shows and that is Jacob Degrom and that is Shohei Otani. I mean we are seeing a historic yeah. We are seeing something that you know it, we, he could possibly be looking at beating Bob Gibson's you know single season ERA record with what he's doing right now point six something ERA right now. And then you look at Otani. I mean I think Otani has to be the number one story just because it's over it's been over a hundred years since we've seen a guy like this Babe Ruth. 1919, 1920, doing these kind of things. And honestly, you're looking at it, and as we see Shohei pitch more and more, he's getting better and better. And so it's yeah. it's getting a little he's bit... He's really pieced together some... some start, these starts are improving as we see. Yeah. It's getting crazy, but that's a good question. But I think definitely it's the freak shows in, in 2021, Jacob deGrom right now, and Shohei Otani. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to agree with you. Um, just what Shohei has been able to do... We talk about him plenty, but he's currently at a four point five baseball reference war, yeah. which you're already like <laughs> he could have a six by the All Star break, and I mean, yeah, I mean, every yeah. every it's it's always rising because it's great bat, and then every time he takes a start, it just takes a huge jump because he hit oh, and man. and he batted and he pitched that game. What what? Let me ask you this: What do you think he uh you know he he's 
what was odds already think he's gonna you know surpass 10 10 war 10 war oh you think it's good <sighs> 10 is a big number 10 is a really big number um because every year at this point he's i think he's tied with uh i think he's tied with actually zach wheeler for the best war in baseball which is kind of surprising zach, wow because i think wheeler has the Did um, not know that at all he has the highest innings pitched, if I'm not mistaken, which mm-hmm. innings pitch really mm-hmm. racks up your work because they know like you're being a workhorse and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But um, I, I think they're both. I think they're one and two in some order. Those okay. two guys. Okay. But um, someone have to double check me. Uh, but yeah, I think Otani reaching ten, it would be. It, it's definitely not. It's definitely doable. It's definitely doable. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't put money on it just because, um, there's a lot of probability that either his pitching. You get a bad start here, a bad start there, or his bat slips up a bit. And dog days of you know summer, August come in. You know you yeah. start getting little nagging injuries. You and know, maybe just... o- maybe Otani needs a rest, rest a start, or That's maybe rest a week of at bats. Um, so I don't want to. I wouldn't put money on it. But uh, a ten more season from him at this point, I mean he's well, he's on pace to surpass it. So um, he's more than capable of doing it. And we know that you know he's done crazier. The yeah. fact that he's even doing what he's doing now yeah. alone yeah. is crazy enough that he could do anything. Yeah. I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Thursday night, got the win against the Tigers, pitched five innings, I think five or six innings, but you know was pumping 100-plus mile-an-hour fastballs, and then the next night has a multi-home run game. I mean, yeah. just stupid. Currently currently this season, 164 OPS plus with his bat, and then you can <laughs> you can scroll down on base reference, and you can pull up his standard pitching. It's just funny. You can like, yeah, yeah. You, you usually, usually you don't expect standard to have fielding. You, yeah, you, exactly. You don't, you don't expect to see the batting and then the pitching stats and see good numbers for both for yeah, any player, yeah, but for yeah. him you do. So like I said, a 164 OPS plus with the bat. And then uh, on the 2021 season, he is at, he's at a 170 ERA plus. God. <laughs> What's going on? 170 ERA plus and a 160 some OPS plus. He's, 60 to 70% above average in yeah. both pitching and he's putting up all-star seasons yeah, for yeah. both. It's, if he was just a pitcher, he'd be an all-star. If he was just stupid. a batter, it's, he'd be an all-star. Right now. It's stupid right so, now. So uh, I think it's good we wrapped up on some Shohei Otani yeah. praise. Yeah. He deserves it. Anything else, Travis? What's going on? Last thing I'll just point out really quickly, um, Angels on the verge of, of sweeping the Tigers today. Big, big comeback series after us getting swept by the A's. I think we talked last week about you know the Angels. They swept the Royals and they swept the Diamondbacks. And then they went to Oakland had kind of an embarrassing three-game series. Didn't get too much support from their relief bullpen. Uh, kind of blew some stuff, you know, out of the water. And also pitching wasn't very good. But you know, came back to Detroit. Came back against you know Detroit at home, and we're on the verge of sweeping them in four games. Let's do it today. And then of course we played the Giants on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. And then that we could be head, big, yeah. We head out to Tampa and New York, so it'll be a big. Big stretch of games, yeah. And I, a lot of people were saying, you know, in after this series, we play the Giants. The Rays, the Yankees, and I believe we played the Orioles and then the Red Sox. And I think one more team before the All-Star break. But it's going to be an insane, like they said, 18 games before the All-Star break because that's going to be you know, almost a huge you know, look at how our, yeah. our second half is going to go you know, I, for, for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I, we definitely need a Bundy bounce back today. A Bundy bounce back would be yep. so huge. Yep. We know what he's capable of, and he's been rocky. He's been shaky. Um, I think he's due for a good start. I know he's still a good pitcher. Um, I think... His recent starts have not been indicative of mm-hmm. what he can mm-hmm. do on the mound, but um, we'd love to see him bounce back. That'd be awesome. And then, 
our rotation has been kind of clicking, Travis, yeah. outside of Bundy. Yeah. Patty Sando. Heaney's got a, a consecutive good starts. Ke- Canning has consecutive good starts. Mm-hmm. Sandoval has been an absolute shock in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We knew that he has the upside to be a good contributor on a, on, a, on a rotation, but we didn't really see it coming in this in this Jose Quintana absence right now. Mm-hmm. And, and and huge plays from our super utility guy Taylor Ward. Uh, Ward can't do is, it all. Ward is our guy for sure. Love love the way Ward's playing right now. Had a grand slam on Thursday. Uh, just ignited the crowd into you know just a craziness because it was full capacity. And then of course our player of the week last week, Max Stassi, doing absolute just just tearing it up on home plate. I would love. He's kind of like my Walsh right now. I'd love to have him possibly be the second catcher behind Salvador Perez oh, for he, the AL All Star team. He, right he now. definitely deserves it. I I don't know how the I don't know how they fill all the reserves for the All Star team because. Uh, I know how they used to do it. They used to have like fan voting for the starters, and yep. then like the coaches would kind of fill in some of the rest, mm-hmm. make sure every spot's covered, every team's covered, and all that. And he deserves. If you just look at his numbers, he deserves to be there in some way or form. His injuries made it so that they actually put Kurt Suzuki on the ballot instead of Stassi. So Stassi's not on the ballot, which is just as a, it's a it's a tragedy. Too much of a joke. It's an absolute yeah. tragedy that uh, you know Suzuki took his spot there, but. Um, Says he was injured. He was injured at the time. Yeah. There's no timetable for his return. Yeah. He's obviously back now, and he's he's as hot as he was to start the season. So, we need Stassi to be represented there. Um, yeah, the Angels are, are clicking in a lot of ways. We just got to keep it up. Uh, hopefully, we can make a big a big uh, I guess road trip. Uh, come out of the gates mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. strong against Giants this coming week, and uh, hopefully, we can take care of some some of the AL some of the AL uh wild card threats we're going to have Travis because That's if we're true. if we're going to be in a wild card race at some point it's going to be Yankees in the mix it's going to be Red Sox in the mix and we're playing true. them coming up so that's going to be that's going to be some some big very, deal very true yep so i guess that about sums it up Travis is that some, sums yeah. everything up uh thank you guys for uh yeah listening to us this week uh yeah coming up of course we'll have some more you know our our June awards and June player player of the month kind of thing coming up in the next coming weeks and of course next to the all-star break we'll start talking more about the all-star teams and of course you know picking about you know what we like from that kind of stuff as well but uh but anything else alex i think that's it yeah uh, upcoming we'll have a lot of fun stuff like you said the june june awards um maybe we can do a little all-star special where we can kind of discuss like you know who's our picks for each position mm-hmm. something, something like mm-hmm. that that'll kind of tie into, be the, good. That'll tie into be the june good. awards a bit but you know we'll figure out some some fun to do for that uh, you know that you know the iconic midsummer classic and uh yeah, it's good to it's good to have baseball. I feel like it's kind of back and full capacity, and we're excited. So, That's right. yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>